Welcome to Tigers Tonight, a podcast dedicated to University of Memphis Tiger football. Here's your host, John Maddox. And good evening, everyone. Welcome to the April edition of Tigers Tonight. I'm your host, John Maddox, joined, as always, by the best co-co-host in all the land. We will start with our recently recovered, since we haven't, uh, we had technical difficulties last time, so we haven't had a chance to talk to him. Brian Moss, welcome home, my friend. How are you feeling? Oh, a lot better now that I'm home in my own bed. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, d- doing a lot better. Sound a lot better, feel a lot better, and uh, thankfully, no more hospital visits for the time being. That is awesome. Well, well, there's no two people in the world happier that you're back. Well, outside of your family, I'm sure, but no uh, two extraneous people that are happier that you're back than myself and the other best co-co-host in all the land, the one and only Larry Marley, coming to us from the palatial Marley Manor in Hernando, Mississippi, which I had the chance to actually visit over the weekend. Uh, Mr. Marley, how are you, sir? And I hope I was good at that party because I don't remember the second half. But anyway, <laughs> um, no, and, and I echo John's um, sentiments, Brian. It, 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 it was uh, the show sucked without you. It's the truth. Um, we, uh, we, we missed you greatly. Um, and I know the site missed you greatly. We, um, no, I'm doing very, very well. Um, and, and I'm doing very well because this is the only game week of the spring. Um, this is the only time we can say it's game week and, and there is going to be a game at the end of the week. And I'm, I'm, so, you know, I'm completely pumped. Yeah, and I'm re- although I'm glad Brian's back, it is a little unfortunate that we didn't get to do a uh, Hugh Freeze edition of the show with Brian from his hospital bed. Although he did check in on a Zoom call, I believe yep. it was a basketball or a football availability. Football, yeah, yeah football availability that uh, Brian checked in from the hospital bed and Hugh Freeze shed a tear. All right, well, let's jump right into it. There's been a lot of change at the U of M, especially as it relates to the football coaching staff. Uh, Drew Savota, who came in from Rice as the special teams coach, uh, a Houston recruiting specialist, and Nick Saban decided he needed one of those. So Drew left as who could blame him for leaving. Uh, Tigers didn't waste much time. Charles Bankins comes in to replace him. He was the special teams coach at Charlotte, and he actually also has NFL experience. He was the assistant special teams coach for the St. Louis Rams and Mike Martz back in 2005. And then earlier today or yesterday, some news broke that David Glidden will move from tight ends to wide receivers coach and Brad Salem will move to tight ends coach from senior analyst. I love all these titles they give the coaches. And uh, Brad Salem, of course, was at uh, Michigan State for 10 years. And during that time, he served as the offensive coordinator and the running backs coach and the QB coach over different times. And Brian, he obviously was instrumental in getting the two uh, Michigan State transfers uh, to Memphis in uh, Julian Barnett, who is a outstanding uh, defensive back, and also the young man uh, offensive lineman uh, Devonte Dobbs as well. So, watch. You know, there, if there's one thing that's certain in college football, Brian, it is coaching staff hmm. changes, and with the crazy scheduling, this just had to kind of be expected. A lot of staff shuffling late in the season. Yeah, and I think Memphis fans uh, expect it now because of all the success that uh, Memphis has had. You know, the, the coaches is just a revolving door. I mean, Silverfield, you know, was the wasn't he the only original coach left under Mike Norvell's staff? Um, so, I mean, 
other schools are looking at Memphis for up and coming coaches. So, I mean, that's a kudos to, to Memphis on finally having a program worthy of other schools taking a look at and poaching. But, uh, you know, there's plenty of uh, good coaches that uh, have gone through and the coaches that uh, civil field have, uh, you know, have hired and will hire in the future. Um, I mean, they'll, they'll do the job. Uh, I have full confidence in them and, you know, all intents and purposes, Coach Salem, he does a good job recruiting. He's done so, you know, with the two Michigan State uh, transfers. And we'll see what it looks like going further. Yeah, Charles Bankins also comes in. He's got a wealth of experience. He's coached at Maryland. He's coached at Hampton. He's coached at Vanderbilt, Old Dominion. So he's a guy that's been around, you know, we like to say he's been around the block a time or two. And, Larry, we've talked about that in the past, that it's great to have an exciting, young, energetic staff but you've got to have that uh, experienced hand on the sideline sometimes that, you know, even as, look, just as even a special teams coach, he's a guy that's been around enough to say, hey, you know, we should maybe work on this or, or you know, this is what I'm seeing. It, it really pays to have that uh, veteran leadership on your staff. Well, you know, one of the great examples of this was when Norvell was first hired, he had Daryl Dickey sitting there um, to sort of throw things off of. And um, and we talked about when the, the season after Dickie left, you know, the offense, you could tell a difference. And, and Norvell sort of had to find himself a little bit. I think you're exactly right. It's good to have that old head to sit around and go, you know, I saw this, something similar to this. Um, you know, everything that's new in football is probably just recycled. And that's the truth. And, and so a lot of times these old guys will have seen something similar or done something similar. And you see that all the time. So I think a coaching staff does need, um, for recruiting purposes, you really do need to have the guys that are out there that, that are texting and, and are tech savvy. But then when it comes to the teaching of it, I do think there's a lot to be said for having that old head in the corner going, no, you don't want to do it that way. You want to do it this way. And, and I think because I do think it can become like a circular, as you say, John. And it, so you got a good point. Yeah. And, you know, it's not you know, you, you're not asking. A, and obviously, Charles Bankins is going to have coaching responsibilities on the field. But you're, you're, you're not really asking that guy to get into texting and TikTok and all that stuff. You know, if you ask Justin Fuente why he was successful at Memphis, you, you hit the nail on the head. His first answer was literally in a press conference. Daryl Dickey. That's why I was successful. Because guys like Daryl Dickey help you in game planning. Because as you said, there's nothing these guys haven't seen. And especially a guy like Bankins, who's been at multiple levels, and a guy like Brad Salem, who spent 10 years in the Big Ten. I mean, at a at a successful Michigan State program that's only kind of recently fallen on hard times. You you just you can't you, you can't teach, I mean, you can't manufacture that. You've got to have that experience. And along those lines, interesting, uh, actually one of interesting news today, and this is kind of segue into football recruiting a little bit. There's the cat. Yep. The, yes, my lovely cat, Duncan, who decides to make cameos from time to time. Um, if you could only see the video of this, um, you would have missed me yelling at him and throwing him off my desk last week. But anyway, um, the AAC today, Brian, uh, did something interesting. They eliminated the intra-conference transfer policy which meant that if you transferred from, oh, let's just say Tulane to Memphis, you have to sit out a year. But that is no more now as far as the AAC is concerned. 
Yeah, and they're the third conference to do so following the uh, AA, I mean, the ACC and the MAC. Um, so it's going to be interesting, you know, going forward. I know Coach Silverfield has talked about uh, in the press conferences in the past that, <laughs> you know, these new rules are, it's, it's going to be a, you know, free for all. It's going to be like, you know, just free agency. And you'll see kids just, you know, moving wherever they want to. And, you know, whether you like it or not, I mean, this is the way college football is uh, right now. And, you know, I'm not too worried about Memphis because if, if someone does take, you know, you know, a, a kid from Memphis like Taj Washington going to, um, you know, USC, well, then Memphis can turn right around and get Shamir Nash from Missouri. You know, so everything works its way out. But, you know, you have to have a coaching staff that uh, is keen uh, on recruiting and that's what you have in Silverfield they they man they they mine the recruiting and find those gems I mean look what he's did last you know uh, last year it's the best recruiting class uh, Memphis has ever had and look what he's doing in the transfer porter and that's what you're going to see going uh, further is uh, you know find these hidden gems in the transfer porter like like you do out there in the high school ranks and and you know it's kind of magnified this year because you know, I look. I was looking down the Memphis roster, and I'm like, man, I didn't realize we were so young. Well, we're so young because guys that were sophomores last year are sophomores this year, and the guys that were redshirt freshmen last year are redshirt freshmen this year. So nobody lost any eligibility from last year, which in some ways is good, but in some ways it makes it more difficult in recruiting because now you have to play even more of that numbers game uh, we were talking about a a quarterback recruit. Well, okay, so if he sits, if he comes, he, he's got three guys in front of him now, whereas before he would have had two guys in front of him his second year here. So you just you do have to play the numbers game. And, and my philosophy of recruiting is this is probably why I'm not a coach. I want as many good players as I can have. Like, like that's just give me all the pieces and then let things kind of fall out where they do. And I, you know, I kind of sense that this you know that's where when Justin was here Justin was more of a recruit for the kind of kid I want you know that that was his thing Mike Norvell wanted speed uh, Ron Silverfield just wants good players like you know like I want the best players I can get and we'll figure the rest of this out and um, it's been interesting to see three coaches with three completely different styles well, well and all wanna, three have been relatively successful at some point. I want to jump in and just say that when it first started, when 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 because because Brian and I would text back and forth when Silverfield last year, I I I didn't have the vision to see the transfer portal, and I I I, I either he either he was a visionary or just flat lucky, but either way, Brian and I would talk about how he was just offering everybody. And, and, and we'd be like, man, I don't know how that's going to go down. But now I see that he did that. He either did it because he recognized this was going to happen. Or like I said, he just got lucky. But if you think about it, that's the only way you can do it now. You have to just offer everybody because you never know the core. Like, it's just like the Titans, John. You've got a core of about 11 or 12 guys on that team, maybe 18, but, but th that's your core and it shifts from year to year. But in, in general, you've got your core, you've, you, you've got your quarterback, your running back and, and, and some of your offensive linemen, some of your defensive linemen, some of your DBs. And that's it. Everybody else is fluid in coming in and out of the team. 
And and that's exactly what he did. He started it last year and he's just been 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 building pipeline. That's all he's doing. Well, yeah, I mean, it's it's like sales. It's not that different. I mean, you know, my job as a travel agent is to get as many people as I possibly can interested in travel and then sell some of it. Like, and that's his job. Get as many people interested in Memphis as possible, get as many kids here. And then if you have some that fall out, that's just, you know, the nature of the business. Now, it is, though, very important. It's all in how you handle that. Like, you can't just have kids come in and then shove them by the wayside when a better kid. I mean, that'll work for a recruiting cycle or two, but eventually that will catch up with you. And, Brian, one other note uh, I wanted you to kind of touch on. I know college co- coaches are rejoicing everywhere. The dead period ends. Is it June 1st or June 30th? Oh, put me on the spot here. I believe it's the 30th. I'd have to double check. Haha, I did it. I stumped our recruiting guru. You did. Um, yeah, but I, the dead period ends in June, I believe. I thought it was June 1st. June 1st. Yeah, first. So, the, so the dead period ends. So now. For the first time of, in over a year and three yes. months. Yeah. So now as good of a job, Brian, as Ryan Silverfield has done with what we're doing right now, now he's going to be able to do that in person and get kids to visit in person. And that's as great as this is, like it doesn't replace that, especially in recruiting. Yes. No, you have to have the 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 in-person. He was masterful last year, <laughs> not having it, getting kids to commit without ever seeing the campus is, is remarkable. And I mean, a lot of coaches obviously had to do that, but when you get a kid on campus, you have, I mean, you have like control, you can mold them, you can, you know, show them what you want to, you know, show them. It just, you have the parents there. You just have more control when they're in person. And, you know, a lot of these coaches, they're, they're itching to have, you know, camps and stuff like that in Memphis is no different. They'll, they'll have the camps that, you know, get them on campus. So that way, not only do, do the coaches can see the kids, but you'll have peer pressure. You can have, you know, your current uh, roster show kids around, uh, get to know them, you know, you know, befriend them. So yeah, it's, it's going to be huge. And this, this recruiting class, it's, you know, we talked uh, off air about the quarterback, Tevin Carter, who's down to uh, Texas A&M and Memphis four-star quarterback. Get him on. He's yes, he's a Memphis area kid. He's been on Memphis uh, campus before, but you, you get him with other kids that are interested in Memphis and, and those other kids can see how enthused that Tevin Carter is to potentially play at Memphis to be a hometown hero, it builds excitement. And you can't do that really over Zoom. To You know, in person makes all the difference in the world. You want to see where the talent level of this program is now compared to where it was. Off air, we were literally talking about this young man and how he could come in, a four-star quarterback could come in, and we were like, well, he's not going to play his first year. He might not play his second year. I mean, you think about this. 15 years ago, if we had a four-star kid coming in, we'd have been like, well, can he get here now, and can he start Saturday? Ten. I mean, we don't even have to go 15, 10. We're in the throes of the Larry Porter era 10 years ago. And the, the, the thought that, like you said, that we are debating whether a four-star kid, and I hate to use this term because basketball has ruined it for me, and I don't mean this the way it sounds, but is he, quote, Memphis good? Like, like what? Like, like, who are we talking about here? And that, you know, but that the other thing that does the in person, I think that's really important is for the other for the other side too. your huddle film. Brian looks great. 
you look great as a six six three, two hundred and twenty pound quarterback playing against five eight DBs. Let's put you in a camp, and I want to see how you look against six two and six three uh, defensive backs. Like that that swings both ways because then you might go, oh, he's not you know. Because my thing with it is you can tell if a kid wants to compete like that. That's the first thing you see. And that, that doesn't show up on a huddle tape that shows up or huddle tape, a huddle video that shows up when he steps on the field against kids that are in his class, because, you know, they all put these hype videos together because that's all they are. And I'm like, I'm like, well, of course this six foot three, 212 pound running back looks awesome. There's nobody over 175 pounds trying to tackle him. And he's running a four six and everybody else is running a five. Like, so while that looks cool, like it really matters to get kids on on the field, man, and in camp. And speaking of that, uh, we do actually have a commit since the last time we talked. Sutton Smith, three star running back from Powder Springs, Georgia. Brian, you said that uh in I think your article there that uh he he is one that wants to compete and he loves what we've done with the running back position at Memphis. Yeah, no, he sees that Memphis has uh, produced, you know, NFL talent, and he sees that, and he's like, obviously, every kid wants to go to the NFL, so you know, he looks at Memphis as a, as a stepping stone. So, I mean, he'll come in, uh, he'll definitely compete. He's not afraid of it, and I mean, if he has to sit a year uh, in redshirt, he's fine with that. But his goal is to contribute right away. And that's, I mean, you got to love that uh, intensity of the kid. You got to think, I mean, to think you can come in, well, let's see, he's a 2022. So you're still going to have Asa Martin. You're still going to have Cam Fleming. You're still going to have Dreek Clark, probably. Uh, Brandon Thomas, a freshman on the board. Um, so, you know, there's still going to be quite a bit in front of him. But I like any kid that says, hey, I think I can walk on the field and help day one. Like that's. That that's what you want out of a kid. So moving on, as Larry said, it is for the first time in a long time. It is, well, it's kind of game week. We'll take it and run with it. The best we're going to get. That's a, hey, hey, and I'll give you the John Maddox Ironclad guarantee. The Tigers do not lose this week. Guaranteed. We can lock it down. Uh, the spring game is a Friday set for 7 p.m. inside Liberty Bowl Memorial Stadium. Parking, both general and tailgating, which we will get to in just a moment, is free. If you want to go, you've got to come in off of the Hollywood Street access. Uh, tailgating starts at 3 p.m. in the gold lot, number two and number three. Uh, there will, of course, be spaces in between to promote social distancing. Uh, spaces full on a first-come, first-served basis. Your maximum party is limited to eight people. General parking in two of the blue lots, nine and 12 and Red Lot 6 and the ADA lot, which is immediately adjacent to the stadium. The game is also free. Uh, fans enter through gate number three that opens at 6 p.m. Masks must be worn at all times unless attendees are actively eating or drinking. Uh, must sit in smart seats to provide proper social distancing. You know, if there's one thing that I will be glad when this pandemic is over, if I never have to hear the word social distancing ever again, I'll be a happy young man. Uh, limited concessions actually available in gate three. So here's how the game will work. There's going to be three quarters with 12 minutes each for the first and second. Those will be as close to use a regular game as you'll get during a, a spring game. And then they'll have special team segments in between quarters. Usually what happens is 
what we call them the ones. Your first team will play your first team offense, will play your second team defense, and then you'll flip it around and your second team will play first team. And they'll move that thing around. The third quarter will have no clock and will feature primarily situational football and special teams. Larry's favorite part of the game, kicking, will be highlighted in that third quarter and in between quarters. Uh, also, on-field interviews during the game. Uh, Ryan Silverfield said, we're extremely excited for the chance to see our fans back inside the Liberty Bowl. Our team is competing at a high level this spring with playing time at several positions up for grabs. We look forward to Friday Night Strikes being another opportunity for our players to showcase their ability and earn their chance to contribute next fall as we continue building on the momentum we have as a program. Uh, band cheer, dance will be there, uh, football posters, all kinds of stuff, and, and smart move. Fans can purchase their 2021 season tickets while at the spring game. So that's, uh, that's, that's a brain. So also in conjunction with the spring game, the Highland 100 is sponsoring, it's back this year, sponsoring the uh, barbecue contest. And uh, part of that is there's a rib cooking contest, but then you cook extra because they feed the players after the game as well. And uh, pleased to announce that TSR will actually be a participant in the barbecue cooking contest. Um, no worries. I'm not cooking. I'm leaving that up to the chef of TSR. That would be Larry Marley. And uh, I'll be there for moral support. And uh, I might be able to, they might, he might allow me to apply some barbecue sauce at some point, but uh, no, no. <laughs> so anyway, so, um, so come hang out with us. We'll be there. We'll have the uh, victory lane barbecue trailer. They've been gracious enough to allow us to use it for this. So, uh, Larry, tell everybody more yeah. about the barbecue contest. Well, and so so the barbecue contest is something that I've been participating in uh, every year, except for last year, obviously, we didn't have it. And um, we've actually had a lot of success. Uh, a good friend of mine, former classmate, uh, Doug Golden, um, also has participated. He can't do it this year. He's the owner of Victory Lane Barbecue. And I asked Doug um, if he would sponsor our team this year, and he was gracious enough to do so. He's letting us use his rig, and he gave us quite a bit of seasoning. John saw a sampling of it this weekend. Um, should have let you have some, actually. I'm sorry. I should have. Uh, I was not there. I'll bring it uh, Friday. But uh, but anyway, and so, Doug, I'm really happy to have Doug as our sponsor. Um, if you are interested in anything barbecue-related, they don't just do – um, seasonings. They also, they'll actually have a catering service. Um, you can order and go pick it up. Um, or you can, uh, you know, Grubhub and it'll deliver, be delivered directly to your house. Victory Lane has, um, a long history of, of both participating and winning the, uh, Memphis and May barbecue cooking contest. Um, Doug's finished second in the ribs and second in whole hog twice. So, um, www.victorylanebarbecue. Uh, you can also call them at 901-202-8888 um, and they will set you up. I can confirm because I've ordered things from them and we're very happy to have them as our sponsor. And uh, maybe more importantly for me, look, just went through their website. Moving forward, Doug and his team would like to focus less on competition, more about charity events. Uh, yes. Already a big donor to cystic fibrosis and of course they've helped out the Tigers, um, the Holland 100, U of M, Tiger Golf, Spirit Squad, Juvenile Diabetes. They do a lot of good work as well, which to me is almost as important. We're going to step aside for just a moment. When we come back, we're going to be taking that ball. Hey, hey, take that ball to the hoop. Talk a little bit of basketball. Get you caught up there and uh, much more. You're listening to Tigers Tonight. 
Hey everybody, John here, and while Memphis Tigers football is of course one of my passions, happy to host Tigers tonight, I do have a second passion, and that is travel. I'm a full-service travel agent, and I love to help families make their next great memory through an unforgettable vacation. Maybe that's a Caribbean cruise, maybe it's a cruise somewhere like Antarctica, maybe it's a idea of a great vacation is just laying by a beach at an all-inclusive resort, or maybe you've been dreaming of that trip to Disney. I'm here to help you make those dreams come true no matter what type of vacation you're looking for. Hey, for Tigers Tonight listeners, I've got a special deal. If you book a vacation with me anytime during the Memphis football season, I'll give you 25 bucks off your vacation just for mentioning you heard about me on Tigers Tonight. In addition, I'll waive my normal planning fee or 50 bucks. That's just for our listeners here on Tigers Tonight. So just shoot me an email over at john at travelbyjohn.net and we'll get the planning process started. Again, that's john at travelbyjohn.net. And welcome back to the program. Tigers Tonight, John Maddox, Brian Moss, Larry Marley. Time to get into a little basketball here. And uh, Brian uh, got our first commit for 2022. Uh, A young man who may have one of the best names in college basketball when he gets on campus. Yeah, well, look at that name. Was it Zacco Littleton? Kind of reminds me of a uh, like an Animaniacs uh, character as far as the first name. But uh, yeah, he's a pretty good uh, uh, little guard combo guard. But uh, you know, for all from uh, you know the times where I chatted with him, you know via you know direct messages, you know he he loves Penny. Uh, he think Penny can uh, definitely improve his game as a guard. He wants to be a point guard, and uh, he can't wait you know, to get to Memphis. He's the second commit of the 2022 class, along with another guard, uh, Amir Knox uh, from, uh, you know, Bartlett, Tennessee. So, uh, so far, so good on the uh, 2022 front for uh, Penny and the uh, basketball team. Yeah, 2022 and, and uh, in, ends up being, of course, Tigers won the NIT. We haven't really talked since then. Congratulations to Penny and uh, for, for, you know, you know, and I had fans in my mention saying, oh, it's just the NIT as blah, blah, blah. My thing is, look, like when you look across all of basketball, men's and women's, junior college, high school, not high school, but college basketball, junior college up to NCAA Division One, there are less than 15, 20 teams that end their season with a win. I will take that category every single time. Like, like that – that category works for me. Would I rather end with a win or a loss? I want the win every time. And, you know, this can be a building block for next year. And, you know, because part of, and we talk about this with football all the time, Larry, part of winning is like learning how, like knowing how to win, how to close games. Like that's that's such a huge part of winning. And that's why this NIT win was so big for basketball. Absolutely. And, you know, We've only been to the NIT Final Four five times in our history. We've only been to the NCAA Final Four three times in our history. So you want to dismiss um, something that we've only done eight times in the history of our program? You go right ahead. I think it's a huge step for that that team. That team, like you said, they learned how to win. You could see after the second pause, the COVID pause, that that team came back and they were focused, they were ready, and they played the best basketball I've seen the Tiger team play probably since 2009, just consistently, consistently well. They may not have been at the level of some of Josh Pastner's teams, certainly not the Will Barton teams, but consistently that team played as well as they could possibly play, and they got maximized their ability. You know, we, we talked about this um, 
uh, earlier on the show that, that we didn't get recorded, uh, had some technical difficulties. But the truth is, if you look at the what's coming back, let's assume DeAndre Williams and Landers Nolly, and then, you know, the players that we lost, which we haven't talked about. But if, if you look at what's coming back, there is no reason why this team cannot um, – I don't know if they'll be as good as they were at the end of this last season, but there's no reason why they should not be an NCAA tournament team. Zero reason. They've got everything like coming back, assuming Musa comes back. Assuming. Well, and that we'll talk about that in a second. But you know, the other side of that is Brian, just like we were talking about earlier with football, like Penny's getting his head in the transfer portal. And that's what we're going to have to do to build this roster back up. Yeah. And, and I mean, yeah, he's done that. <laughs> so, you know, I don't think. Well, we'll see if, if uh, Musa, you know, doesn't come back uh, or comes back or, or, or not. But, I mean, he has players coming in, you know, like Sam, and I can never pronounce his, his last name correctly. But, uh, you know, uh, he's coming he's coming in because he's the, uh, you know, from the 2021 class. Uh, and you got John Candom, who's, who's a good shooter, Josh Minot. I mean, you got kids that are coming in, uh, you know, from the uh, high school ranks. But, you know, Penny, just like Silverfield, I mean, he, he searches the, uh, you know, the transfer portal and, you know, he gets the kids uh, that he wants. And, you know, we'll see. You know, I think there's still uh, maybe room for a couple more. And who knows? <laughs> you know, I'm sure we'll talk about uh, the Lawsons, but uh, there's a possibility there. I'm not sure if that's a good idea or not, depending on what, uh, you know, the Papa Lawson wants. Uh, I know Penny has availability for a uh, you know, a, a coaching spot. And so we'll, we'll see what happens, but uh, one thing's for certain, I, I think everybody can trust Penny and what he's, you know, what he's building. Um, you know, they're won the NIT and they're going to be in the NIT. Uh, was it the, the, the preseason NIT tournament? Uh, and it's to me next year is the, the year that uh, I think Penny and this program will really take a step forward and shine. Well, and in addition, just uh, another transfer from, again, since we haven't talked in a while, uh, Davion Warren is transferring in from Hampton University, 6'6 point guard, averaged 21.2 points a game, 6.3 rebounds and three assists, has shot 46% from the field. And and I think that's- And real one... quick, he can, he can hit his free throws. I think he's like 75% uh, free throw shooter. <laughs> well, that'll be outstanding. Uh, <laughs> be the greatest but... free throw shooter in the history of the program. <laughs> but- on a serious tip, like that's that was a weakness for Memphis this year was was a was a true point guard when Alo would get hurt or Alo would take a not play well for a game like that that really bogged us down and so you know hopefully uh, Warren can help with that as well. Um, also, uh, along those lines, you've got uh, we were talking about it just a minute ago. Jonathan Lawson's been released from his LOI at Oregon. Chandler Lawson uh, has opted to transfer, enter the portal as well. And when the second that happened, it was like walking in a room and everybody knows who you are. Everybody just immediately turned and looked at Memphis. Uh, I know, I know Arkansas is in on Chandler as well. And obviously that would mean Jonathan and, and Keelan because it's a, it is almost with certainty a package deal. So I'd be, I'm very curious to watch how that plays out now for the defections. Uh, that's not really the right word, but it is what it is. Uh, Boogie Ellis has left the program and committed now to USC. Damian Ball has left Memphis, and he's going to TCU. And what I find interesting about that is, as we talked about off air, uh, 
Boogie Ellis will join Taj Washington from the football program at USC. And Damian Ball will join TJ Carter and Obina Ize at TCU. So uh, that Memphis to West Coast connection. And, and uh, also Musa Sise has declared for the draft, but he is not signing with an agent. I think he has until mid-June, I think it is, or early June to determine what or may what he wants to do. I thought Gary Parrish's take on that was as good as you can possibly take it do with the sec- the day it was announced. He was like, I mean, he said, I might as well declare for the draft because I have the same exact chance of being drafted. See, I disagree with that because Taco I- Fall got an NBA contract. Like, well, like I- we, we talk about this in football all the time and it just, it makes me want to throw my computer through the window. He's got a strong arm great good for him he can't hit water if he fell out of a boat in the right, same that, thing taco fall is seven foot four okay he sucks Why <laughs> right he can't move he can't I, move well musa can't catch the ball well join the list he of, can't move either but of that's 23 guys in the nba that can't move and catch the ball like they are so enamored with tall like it's like oh he's seven foot okay good for him i mean he's not ready for the nba He needs another year at least, but that will not stop some dumb general manager from taking a flyer on him and saying, oh, well, you know, he's seven foot tall. I mean, he's been playing basketball four years, five years competitive. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, I've got underwear that's been, you know, around longer. Okay, I I didn't need that image, but (laughs) but no, but I get what you're saying. And like, and this is not a knock on him. Like, he's a freshman. Like, he needs more time to develop, but some team is able to go in the, you know, I think if he gets first round noise, I don't think he comes back because again, and the other thing that I like to say about all this is when we are critical of this, these kids are trying to change their family's trajectories and livelihoods. If you got a chance to make money, go make money. Like if you get first round money, go get it. Like, like, dude, I'm for you all the time. I'm with Gary in that I don't think it's a sure thing he'll get drafted. I'm hopeful that calmer heads will prevail and he will return to school because he has a chance to be absolutely dominant with another year in the weight room. I mean, I think, Brian, that's probably his big thing is like getting his hands and his body stronger. Like that, that because you can't teach seven foot, like, but he's got to get stronger. No, he does. And, you know, he may. If he, I don't think he'd get drafted in the NBA, but he may go the the Europe route and you know make a decent amount of money. I mean, it, it, is it life changing? No, but uh, you know, if his his family needs it right away, that would be an option. Um, and just to go back real quick on transfers, that Penny, I totally forgot about uh, Earl Timberlake. Oh yeah, you know, he was he was a top what top twenty five, top fifty uh, player yeah. coming out of high school that went to Miami. Uh, so I know he got he had a little injury bug, but assuming he's healthy, man, Memphis is, Memphis is stacked for next year. Yep, the Tigers uh, will be in that preseason NIT um, that was announced earlier this week um, that they've ex- they've accepted um, an opportunity to, or that they will accept an opportunity to play. And I think Xavier, Tennessee, uh, and one other big program, Dayton, I believe, is is one of the other big programs that will be a part of that. So. You know, that, that, you know, I, I look, I, I take that school of approach with basketball because with basketball, it's not like football where if you play four good teams, you're going to get your head beat in and, you know, whatever. But with basketball, the playing field is 
pretty level when you're at Memphis's level. I mean, yes, you have next step up kids, but you get to see where you are early and it doesn't hurt you. And like, that's, that's the big thing with, with basketball and the difference with football is two losses in football, you're done. But with basketball, you could handle a couple early season losses as long as it helps the team grow and get better. Uh, one other basketball note, uh, Tony Madlock, longtime Memphis assistant, well, not longtime Memphis assistant, former Memphis Tiger, former Arkansas State assistant, Ole Miss assistant, has finally got a head coaching job at South Carolina State. Uh, best of luck to him. Uh, really love that dude. That dude is Memphis through and through. And uh, Tony Madlock and I believe his son, TJ, are headed over to um, South Carolina State. So uh, congratulations to Tony Madlock. And that's, you know, like you were saying earlier, Brian, like that's a good mark on Penny is like guys are, are leaving Memphis and getting head coaching jobs. Yeah. And, you know, there's that opening like we talked about. It would be interesting how Penny fills it. And Penny is another coach that I think could use an older you know, head in the room. So, uh, you know, I, you know, will he go young for an assistant coach? I doubt it. What, what we'll have to just wait and see, but uh, it, it sure would be nice if uh, he had an older head in the room just to kind of mentor him a little bit. Not that, you know, he needs much, but if you have that experience, you know, say, Hey coach, you know, uh, from my experience, we should do this, but yeah, I, I love having, you know, coaching, coaching, especially for a young coach to have that older head in the room. Oh, yeah, and just real quick, uh, to correct myself from John Rothstein's tweet yesterday, Xavier, Memphis, Virginia Tech, and Iowa State will headline the 2021 preseason NIT. So uh, that's, that's pretty daggum good coming out of the blocks. If you make it to Madison Square Garden, you're going you're gonna to have to – you're going to know how good you are uh, after two games there for sure, and it won't be easy getting there either. So – um, you'll figure that out. Some interesting news there, of course. If if Landers Nolly does return, he would be facing one of his former teams, hopefully eventually in Virginia, his former team, Virginia Tech, as well. So, you know, that that's a, a lot going on in football and basketball. You know, basketball was supposed to calm down here at the end of the year. Well, that didn't happen. Uh, and we're going to have recruiting, of course, going all summer. And the schedule, everybody's schedule is off. Like it's, you know, usually we'll have a really quiet, what, about mid-May, probably the middle of June. It's usually pretty quiet in the sports front because kids are getting out of high school. Everybody's going on vacation. But this year, no such thing as the dead period. We said will end uh, – actually ends May 31st. June 1st starts the live uh, where you can actually recruit. And I believe that's all sports. I believe – I think that that's going to be all – especially your major sports because they've been – basketball's been dead too, right? everybody's been dead so yes yep so so uh let's see so we got the spring game coming up friday uh, april 16th friday night stripes or lights or lights stripes, uh, friday. I thought it was stripes. Well, it was lights but what do i know yeah well you know we're, we'll just we're just gonna be on friday night stripes uh friday at the liberty bowl uh 7 p.m of course we'll be there earlier in the day tailgating starts at three i don't know the specifics on the barbecue contest. So, um, so I load in at nine. I'll start cooking. I, you know, I'll, I mean, I, I'm sure people can start, anybody can show up to the rig. Um, but I, the ribs probably won't be ready till, you know, after, after one or two for sure. It yeah. takes, cause I won't start cooking. They don't deliver the ribs till nine. Yeah. So. Yeah. 
And it takes, as I like to tell people, it takes as long as it takes. Yep. You cannot. There's no time. time. There's no time. I mean, what time is judging? Like three or four o'clock, something like that. Five. Yeah. So like that should tell you something like we're starting this at nine and judging's at five. So it just takes as long as it takes. I mean, that's just what it is. And, but, but I will say this, my plan is if you are a TSR subscriber, um, if you come by, we will, I will have something, some sample, we'll have shoulder or ribs or something for you to uh, sample. Yeah. We'll, we'll make sure we take care of our folks that uh, come by. Brian, anything you're working on on the site? Recruiting, recruiting, recruiting. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, just, it's that time of year that, uh, you know, since the camps will be opening up, uh, we'll see, we'll keep track of uh, who's uh, coming to Memphis for a camp and, uh, you know, who's interested in Memphis, you know, the offers, and uh, we'll uh, interview their kids and see what their uh, thoughts on uh, becoming a Tiger. Sounds good. Well, and kind of the schedule so everybody knows going forward, we're going to try to do these once a month, about mid-month, uh, at least for April, May, June, and July. Then when we get to August and all hell breaks loose with the 21 football season, we'll go back to our weekly. Um, if we have breaking news, Larry, Brian, or myself will have that in the form of Tigers today, which you can only get if you're a premium subscriber uh, over to TSR. So, That'll be the best way to stay engaged. We have some news uh, right now on the board that you don't have anywhere else. Uh, that's interesting why that AAC uh, interconference transfer rule comes into play. We'll just leave it at that. If you're a premium, big member, news. You know what big. we're talking about. Yeah, big news, literally and figuratively. Um, so we'll have more on that in the coming days as well. So a lot going on. Like I said, that's not your typical, well, we're going to take the summer off. We're going to be along once a month here in the middle of the month. And uh, hopefully going to have some special guests uh, over the summer. I've yes. got some ideas about that. I've got some folks I want to talk to that we don't get to talk to during the crux of the season, uh, but that are still very important to the program. Uh, I've got some stuff I want to think about for that to keep you guys informed. I, I, I do want to throw out one thing. So sure. uh, it's, been, it's been a really tough go for the Tigers baseball team this year. We've had a really, especially last weekend was a really rough. But they are going to be home for the next two weekends. Um, we got Cincinnati and, and Tulane coming into town. And, you know, it, look, even though they've had a rough go of it, it is a there's no charge to go. And um, they are allowing limited oh. fans in the stands. So um, I've been to a couple of games. It's a lot of fun. It's a great Saturday or Sunday afternoon. To, you know, if it's sunny and it's a nice day, yeah, just go to it's free. Um, just go out and enjoy a baseball game. I, I highly encourage the, the young men are really playing hard. We haven't had a lot of success and it's, I know they would love to see a bunch of fans out there. Yeah. And uh, you know, we've got an all American on, yes. on the team. So Hunter, yeah, I mean, yeah. Hunter has had a heck of a season. Yeah. Um, I was at a game that he hit a extra innings, three run uh, game tying home run. And, and it was a uh, it blast. Was, it wasn't like a little, oh, it barely got over the wall. No, he crushed it. Opposite <laughs> you, field, too. And it you was, need to go see him this year because he may, he just might be drafted this year. Yeah, I, I think he will. And, and, and I think he's he's good enough to, although baseball's so weird, like, but he, he's good enough to play. And that's just my limited baseball knowledge. Uh, not Tiger related, but do want to take a second to shout out Coach Amory Sanders and the Southwest Tennessee Community College men. They won the Region 7 championship, so they are headed off to Hutchinson, Kansas for the national tournament. 
Their first game is a week from yesterday. Um, and if you follow me on Twitter, you saw me bitching about this on Twitter. Somehow winning you the region gets you the number 23 out of 24 seed in the tournament. And the two teams in your next two games were at-large teams. So try to help me figure that out. But anyway, congratulations to them. Also, congratulations to Coach Martre and the Southwest women. They made it to the regional finals. I lost to Walter State. But uh, lots of good basketball in Memphis. And, um, you know, that Southwest team, man, they're a machine that just kind of keeps rolling and rebuilding and, and rolling along again. Congrats to Coach Sanders. So that'll do it for this week. We'll be back in about four weeks. And uh, we'll have more. And, of course, like I said, follow us on Twitter and on TSR for any updates uh, for breaking news. So for the best co-co-hosts in all the land, Larry Marley and Brian Moss, this is John Maddox signing off saying go Tigers go. And we'll talk to everybody soon.